0: Welcome back to another glorious rendition of the Chirpin Jotes podcast. I am joined with uh, pretty much a full party. Chase is out celebrating his birthday tonight. Uh, it's next week, but celebrating early, so happy birthday to Chase. But we got Grandy, we got Haynes, and we got Matt all coming in to talk hockey and everything Coyotes. Boys, how are we doing?
1: Doing pretty good. good. It's you? actually uh, it's a pretty warm week up here in Minnesota, so I'm doing very well. During this nice 40-degree weather.
0: 40 degrees. I was going to say, yeah, define warm real quick. Okay, 40. Yeah, I'll take that. Close enough.
2: Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I think we're going to be, what, in the mid-70s this weekend? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it cooling back down. It's only Mm -hmm. February.
0: Damn, Groundhog lied to us.
1: Mid-70s sounds really nice right about now.
0: I'll trade you for a day.
1: By the by the way, I did want to I didn't want to say I did love the little bashing of Minnesota you guys got in on the last pod. Appreciated that.
2: Oh anytime. Anytime. You guys are like Canada South.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we are. I have no defense against that. But uh, hey, how, how are you doing, bud?
3: Doing well, just working a ton and just uh about to go down and see the girlfriend for Valentine's Day weekend, so just where it's called, just looking forward to that weekend and going down there and going back down to Charleston for a day, so get to go back to home, away from home for four years for college, so just looking forward to a little break from everything and just to get out and uh, get away from home and just everything
0: going on right now. That's sounds exciting. Valentine's Day is always fun, so. But all right, before we uh actually I'm gonna trade up the topics for real quick. I'm actually gonna give it the floor to Matt, if you don't mind talking about the Tempe Wins thing and what's all going on with that. I, I probably should have put that first, to be honest with you.
2: Hey, no problem. Um all right, so Tempe Wins, uh it's Tempewins.com. It's the it's ran by the Coyotes. Um and it's their official campaign for um the new proposed Tempe Entertainment District. Um, there's been quite a bit, I I shouldn't say quite a bit, but there's been a fair amount of opposition, uh, spreading some misinformation out there talking about, you know, tax dollars coming from the public and, you know, you know, don't, don't give money to billionaires and a lot of information that just, it isn't true. Um, there, I, I would encourage anybody that isn't familiar with it to uh check out tempe Wins. Um they've got a couple of videos up already explaining where some of the money comes from um and what they ultimately are trying to achieve. Um one one big uh thing that I'm not sure a lot of people know when it comes to this this isn't just a single proposition. Um On the special ballot in May. This is Prop 301, 302, and 303, and the coyotes do need all three of them. Um, Prop 301 uh, is basically voters approve or reject City Council's amendment to um, land map use from commercial to mixed use, uh, which would allow the coyotes to build uh, residential dwellings. Um, prop 302, uh, is, uh, the voters get to approve or reject the city council's decision to rezone, um, the property at 53 South priest drive, um, which, you know, it, it's similar to what 301 is, but, um. You can you can change land from mixed use, but zoning committee is separate then. um, Or I'm sorry, rezoning is going to be separate from um, uh, commercial to mixed use uh, proposition. And sorry, I know that this all kind of sounds boring, but it is very important. Final one, 303. Um, This is a big one as well. Uh Voters approve or reject city council's decision to approve a development disposition agreement, which allows the city to sell the property at 53 South Priest Boulevard to Bluebird Development LLC, which is owned by Alex Morello. So they do need all three to pass in order for this to go through. So this isn't a... You know, I'm going to show up for the special ballot. I'm going to vote for 301 because that's the one I've commonly seen. And leave the other ones blank because, you know, winning two out of three doesn't do it. They do need to get all three here. Um, Additionally, Tempe Wins uh, does have video up on what you can do to, uh, you know, volunteer uh, what they're looking for. Um, and ways to to kind of help this along. So check it out. Uh, see what's available. There will they'll continue to update um, as the process goes. Uh, this will go to a vote in May, and the Coyotes need all the support they can get right now. And just so that.
1: everyone is just so everyone is aware, we will be threading in the tweet that the brought that the podcast is tweeted out on announced. We will have a thread with that video, with the website, with their Twitter account. All of that will be in that thread. So that way you can just go to there. Make sure you give their Twitter account a follow. It is Tempe underscore wins. Um, Let's give them all the support we can, guys. This This is huge. This is it. This is the moment. And if you are a citizen
2: of Tempe, get out and vote on all three and the follows and the retweets help considerably um the more exposure they get and the more uh information they can put out to people who you know uh they may not have followed the council vote or um you know they may not have read some of the articles released in the uh, Arizona Daily Star or you know what other whatever other various outlets have put out articles on this Some people are still completely in the dark on it. They just know that the Coyotes are considering moving there, and they have nothing more than that. Um, This is a great source because this comes directly from the team. There is no, uh, you know, I I don't want to call it influence, but there is no writer's opinion um, that this is black and white. The Coyotes legally have to disclose all of the uh, financial proposed I'm sorry, financially relevant information and all the proposed addendums. So they've made all of that available. Um, so it's it's definitely worth getting that out, even if you already already are educated on it. Um, follow, retweet, get that information out to people that follow you that might not have that information as well.
0: Uh- do speak for all of us here i'm pretty sure that if uh, tempe wins and the people behind that if you're listening to this and happen to be you know find us on your feeds uh we hear the chirping yotes. we'll do whatever we can for you just let us know feel free to reach out to any of our social media contacts or any of our personal twitters i think they're all on the uh twitter account thing so uh, i'll gladly help out any way we can so i think we're ready for the
2: big talk hockey
0: all right awesome so Boys, it looks like the trade deadline is looming over. I think it's what about a little under a month away now. Uh, uh so let's get into 20, it. What do we think is gonna days. happen?
2: 23, 23 days, days, you
0: said? Yep. Okay. So yeah, twenty-three days. Jordan, Michael Jordan amount of days, or Cam Johnson days, depending on the city, I guess. Uh what do you guys think? What are we uh what do you think is gonna go? Do we have any predictions? What uh, who wants to start us up?
2: Nick Bukestad. It, uh, he's at at the top on my list of Likely to go, he's there. Um, as far as what they might get for him, I there's been a lot of speculation about he's worth the second round pick. Um, I think that it would be a disservice if the Coyotes ask for any less than that. I know Granny's a lot higher on him than I am. Um, I do think he plays an important role, but I don't think he's, um, I don't know that he's somebody that a team is going to go out of their way to get into a bidding war for, um, you know, considering some of the, the other pieces that are going to be on the market right now.
1: I can say that as far as Nick said goes, I just, he's that guy that just seems like if you're a contending team in the playoffs, he's the exact right guy to play, to go out and get, I mean, plays center, can play your third line, can play your second line, can play your fourth line, can move to wing, is pretty good all around at everything he does. He's just... He's a really, really good hockey player, and that's not something I thought before he came here, to be completely honest. um, I was not expecting to be hyping him up as much as I am right now. But I just... I could see scenario where every team is in a bidding war for him, but I'm of the same mind even with that bidding war. I don't think we get more than a second for him, but I also think you shouldn't walk away with less than that just based on, again, the amount of teams that are going to be interested in the services. I mean, from legitimate people like Friedman or Pierre LeBron, we've heard the Oilers, the Jets, the Maple Leafs, the Bruins, the Hurricanes. I mean, just about every team that's truly in contention has been mentioned towards him. So I could see a bidding war get started, and I just think that that bumps his price up from a third to a second. But yeah, I just don't see how he's a coyote after it. He's just too many teams interested in him.
2: Uh, what do you guys have to say? Um, my, my only counter, uh, as far as his value goes, and I, I think this gets overlooked quite a bit. Um, uh, it's the playoff experience. Um, you know, he, he's got minimal playoff experience. He's been there three times. He's, he's only played, what, 15 games in the playoffs. He's only got, oh man, what, five points in those games. So it's not, uh, nobody's trading for him for his scoring prowess. Um, We'll start there, but you're not getting a Eric Stahl or a Justin Williams or you know, uh, a Ryan O'Reilly, you know, somebody who's got, um, you know, 30 or 40 playoff games, who's been a leader in a locker room, uh, you know, with a Stanley Cup that, you know, you're bringing in for more than just what they can do during the regular season. Um, I think he might be more fit for like a New York Islanders team if they want to give up more assets and kind of try and make that run. You know, he, he fits their style of play, um, Nashville, maybe Washington. Um, but I, I can't, I can't imagine that he's going to go somewhere, um, you know, that plays with a ton of speed or that's looking for, you know, that, that veteran with playoff experience. Um, he's going to be a better role player or a depth player. And because of that, I I'm not sure somebody's gonna give up, you know, a, a second round pick for him. Um, I I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I wrong. I'm wrong because I I would love to just continue to acquire him, but I guess I'm not as high on him as as most are. Um, two weeks ago, I wouldn't have said that, but the more I I guess I've thought about it, and the more I've looked at the market, I just don't know.
1: Now I think two weeks ago, in our conversations personally, we were actually the exact opposite where you were higher on him than I was, but Haynes, what do you have to what do you have to say
3: I mean you know Nick Bukestad's, i mean I allude to it in the last few weeks I, you know I wrote about it I mean he's a guy that uh you know not a ton of playoff experience, but I mean he's a guy this year that you know came to Arizona for a reason he could have stayed in minnesota and you know he could have competed on that third line thing and he came to arizona because he liked to build this team he liked the chance of you know getting to bring that veteran kind of knowledge to a team like the coyotes that are young and all that and you know it, it enticed him a lot to want to come here and you know potentially be the guy that helps you know mold this young core into something and he knows he's not here for the long haul but you know he's taken on to this role in a really good way, and, you know, he's used this chance to get some wise time and, you know, kind of revitalize his career and show that, you know, he, he can be a scorer, he can be a playmaker if he needs to be, and, you know, that's what he's done so far for the Coyotes is he's uh, – been a pleasant surprise for this team and you know he's done all that's been asked for and more and i think there's uh there's gonna be a team out there that's gonna take a gamble on him i mean he definitely uh brings a lot that you could have he definitely got food slot as a nice third fourth line player there um so I, I definitely think he's uh getting moved it's that's not a uh, surprise to me i don't think that's not gonna happen i definitely think it's gonna happen i think there's too many teams that are gonna see that and they're gonna want to take a shot on him so yeah, I mean, it, great season for him. It's great to see him bounce back. I know people are liking how he's playing the show. I'd love to see him stay around longer. But, uh, you know, we, we have a future to build. And, you know, he's he's helping contribute to uh, build that future by getting us a good draft pick. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think the Coyotes definitely take the shot and move them if they can get, you know, a, a late second or, you know, an early third out of him.
0: I'm under that impression, too. Like- I mean, like I like I said, I mean... I, I drank the Kool-Aid of Bill Armstrong, every drop of it, even licked the bottom of the cup. So, I mean, I like how he's played, but honestly, give me the third or whatever, you know, whatever we can get for him. I'll, I'll take that's more important to me is the build in the future. So go ahead, Matt. Sorry to cut you off.
2: Oh, no, 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 no worries. Uh, it, it absolutely sounds like we all agree he's, he's kind of the most likely to go. I think it's just the the return almost seems to be the biggest unknown amongst all of the Coyotes who are potentially on the block. Speaking of
1: unknown return, I think Goss Despair is one where I really struggle on what I think we're going to get back for him. Because I bounce between thinking we're going to get a first for him, thinking we're going to get a second for him, thinking we're going to get a first plus or a second plus. It's His value just seems to be all over the place and just almost random at times. But I also think he's a lock to be traded. Again, it's just what's his value at the trade deadline for an offensive first defenseman with that contract. You're going to have to retain. I think that's a guarantee. Are you going to have to get a second team to retain on some teams? Or it's just there's so many question marks with him that, I'm at a loss. I don't
2: even know where to begin to think about his value. The hardest thing about his value isn't so much, um, I, it's kind of a two part thing, I guess. It's not just what is somebody willing to pay for a top four, you know, defenseman who can play on the power play, because we saw what, you know, Montreal got for Ben Sherat. And you know, what Tampa Bay paid a couple years ago for David Savard. The the team's willing to give up assets if if they're going all for it, you know, if they're all in on this season, they'll they'll pay the asset. The problem I think with moving Goss to Sparrow or, you know, and I don't think they won't get him moved, but I think there's a limited number of teams that could use his skill set. And that kind of hurts in terms of creating leverage. And he might be the one guy that the Coyotes aren't able to get his full value out of because there might not be enough teams there. Um, the A couple of the teams that I mentioned um, for Nick Bukestad, they kind of fit the same role for Shane Goss to spare. Um, the Islanders are pretty bad on the power play right now. Noah Dobson hasn't been quite the guy he was last year. Um, they don't really have a, a number two power play quarterback uh, like what Shane Goss bear would be um, Nashville. If they're planning on making a run outside of Roman Yossi, they don't, you know, there there's no more PK Subban there. There's no more Ryan Ellis. Um, you know, they, they could definitely use a guy like him, but a lot of the contenders, when you talk about Tampa, they got Hedman and Sergeyev. Um, You know, Toronto, they, they'll occasionally use five forwards and Morgan Riley will operate on the second unit. Um, Boston's very well set defensively. Um, you know, they've got two guys right now that could be Norris candidates in McAvoy and Lindholm. Um, you know, Edmonton's got Tyson Berry and they're not going to move him off the power play, nor do I think they're going to try and make any changes. They're a top five unit in the league. Um, uh, so there's, there's unfortunately a small window of teams that might be interested in Shane. Um, so I personally, I, I'm with you on being back and forth between what his value is Um, but I think it's more because of how many teams are going to be looking to acquire a player like him. Um, You know, Anaheim's going to be looking to move John Klingberg. Um, So there's still some other options out there besides him and very few buyers for his skill set. So I'm leaning more he's worth the first round pick. They're probably going to have to settle for a second round pick if they want to move him.
0: Yeah. I preferred, I which like we said last week, you know, Matt, I obviously want to keep him for my own selfish reasons, but I understand I'll take what we can get. Like I said, with uh Bukestead. I'll take, yeah. whatever.
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would obviously love more for him. The best, the returns we can get is the best, but, at the end of the day, we already got a second just to have him play here. So, we anything anything we get at this point out of this trade deadline is house money. It is just
2: bonus. I mean, yep, icing on the cake. You know what? It was uh, it two for Goss despair that we got. Wasn't didn't the didn't we get the six sixtieth overall pick that we used on JJ Mosier that year? And then we got an additional second rounder um, that I believe was part of the trade last year that we moved up for Connor Geeky. I'd have to go back and look at that tree. Don't quote me on that. But I believe we've already gotten two and uh, A third would be.
0: says a 2022 second round pick and a 2022 seventh round
2: pick. Okay. Uh, you know that what? They got I'm from probably from thinking of trade. Andrew Ladd. Yeah, that's probably thinking right. about Andrew Ladd's trade tree, but yeah, either, Haynes, way, uh, uh, either way, free free second round picks, nobody's upset there.
0: Yeah, right? No. I'll take that.
2: Haynes, got anything to add to the
1: ghost bear conversation?
3: I mean, I you know, it, it's an interesting situation with him, and you know, it's something that I think's not only discussed, you know, uh, with me and you know, with the hockey writers, with us as writers, but you know, with with fans in general, I mean, he's, he's injured. He's, he's going to be injured through the trade deadline. He'll be back about a week or so after the trade deadline. So yeah, I mean, there is, um, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, rumors, speculation around, does someone take him? I mean, he, granted, he, you know, his timeline is coming right back, right to the trade deadline, but he hasn't played for the last, you know, three weeks and, you know, and all that and there's a lot of speculation of teams will, will you know will be calling about him and i think that it, it's possible they do and you know at the same time i think it's possible if, if he doesn't i think the guys look to re-sign him and move him next year because I, I think it's not this is not a guy you want to let walk um if you can keep him here and he wants to stay here for another year sign for another year give him a contract extension and you know move him next year but i think uh despite what uh people are saying in terms of they don't know if the coyotes will get something out of him i think there's gonna be teams that are gonna call i think uh a lot of teams like the floridas like uh the pittsburgh's could be looking at going after a guy like him i think he uh you know could fit some defensive needs on that side the on the ice and all that and i think uh regardless of what his situation is right now i think he's uh you know he's 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 gonna be dealt i think it's not a question I, I generally do think he's gonna be dealt despite his injury going on right now. And I think it's just because teams are are so uh big right now, some playoff teams looking for that defensive player. If it's not checking they're looking for someone they can add to their blue line, that's gonna help make an immediate impact. And I think when Ghosh comes back, I think he uh you know he brings a, a spark to the team. I think he brings an immediate impact to the team. So I think, yeah, I think it's uh it's a no-brainer that he's getting moved. Um I, I don't think he comes back. Um, I don't think he gets re-signed. I think the Kais will move him. I've seen a lot of back uh, trades recently where he could still be getting a first out of him and they could be generating a first out of him. So, uh, you know, Bill Armstrong we've seen is uh, no stranger to pulling off big deals. Uh, he seems to be able to uh, get what he wants out of it and more. So uh, I think he even moves him. Uh, despite him not playing for the last few weeks, I would, wouldn't be surprised if he's able to, you know, get something big return-wise out of him. I definitely think there's teams that are going to be be looking to add him um cuz once he's healthy he is he he provides a big spark to the blue line.
2: So the one thing I would add to what you just said uh because you did touch on the injury a few times there. Um Craig Morgan did hint today that um the injury's not as serious as what was initially believed. Um uh, the timeline still stands but they're now calling it a conservative timeline uh and he did hint that if we were going into the playoffs in the next, you know, week or two, that he suspects that he would be back for that. So, yeah, he hasn't played in a little bit, but it does sound like, um, you know, there's a potential chance of a return before the, the trade deadline um, at this point, as opposed to, you know, is he or is he not going to play before March 3rd? If
1: he does, if he is ready to play before March third, like say he can get two games in, would you play him? Risk ser- more, risk a more serious injury right before the trade deadline? I uh, would for, for both us and him. I mean, I just I don't see the likelihood of him signing here. He's twenty eight. He's going to be twenty nine next year. This is his last big chance at. A, this is his last chance at a big contract. So, I don't see the likelihood of him signing here as very high.
2: I, I don't see him or Bukestad being back, honestly, I I've seen a lot of people talk about. Well, they could come back, but exactly what you're talking about right there. Thirty years old, looking for a big contract. Neither of them have won anything substantial in the playoffs. I, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you on that.
1: I think Bugstead is more likely than Gosta's bear because I think Bugstead's off-season market will be smaller than Gosta's bears, and I think he could. But I
4: don't think either. It's very likely either. Um,
1: I just. I don't know. The the idea of having him come back to play one or two games before the trade deadline scares me because of how often you've seen injuries in those exact situations. Yeah. I'd I'd... come back
0: for that. uh, Good weather, though. Good weather, golf, good situation. I mean, maybe it's a chance, but yeah, I'd probably be like him and I'd probably walk too. Not walk, but, you know, at his age.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, if it were me, I don't know that I would. I would have him play two games. I mean, you see healthy players get scratched just before the deadline. I don't think you risk it with a guy just coming back off of injury. Uh, But I do think you make it known that, you know, maybe he's a full participant in a, you know, in team practices, not wearing a non-contact jersey, running all the drills. You know, you, you make sure that the rest of the league knows that he's ready to play.
1: I will say it is a little painful to think that we might have seen him play his last game here. I've loved him since he's been here. He's taken this, this role of being a guy dumped on a team trying to rebuild very well and done wonders with it. It's revitalized his career, but he's added a big degree of watchability and more fun to the games. So, I will be bummed when we see him go. Uh, outside of Chikrin. I think he's the deadline deal that's going to hurt me the most as a fan, but at the same time, just it makes sense from a it makes sense from a rebuild perspective.
2: So, you know, not that we'll ever know, but how many teams do you think are kicking themselves for not claiming Josh Despair when he was waived? Uh, any team that needs any semblance of help on the power play. I mean,
1: we've talked about the Islanders. The Islanders are sitting there with 6 million in cap space. Still, they have the cap space to take them. They've always had it. And they just, they passed on it. I don't know if they actually had it when I, they, he was in waivers. Cause that wasn't this year. I just know they had cap space this year. I shouldn't say that, I guess, but there's t- every team that, has issues with the power play or has issues needing offense out of your defense, should be absolutely kicking themselves for not claiming them for free. They should be absolutely kicking themselves for not taking up, offering to take him on for cheaper than the Coyotes did. Take him on for a third. I mean, he's been phenomenal for us. And he's a large part of the reason when our power play has been successful that it has been him and Chikrin have probably been the two biggest
2: pieces there. Yep. And prior to Goss despair being waived, I think Elliot Friedman reported that um, the flyers had been in talks with trying to move his contract and nobody seemed to want to take him for less than a first round pick. And that that's I mean, you know what they say about hindsight, so I'm glad it worked out. It's still working out. I'm really glad he's been here um I'm with you guys. He's been one of my favorite players, but i I do think him and and Bukestad are probably as far as deadline deals go, they're probably the two most likely and the two biggest uh pieces that you want to see get moved as far as a deadline deal because they're they're gonna bring you the biggest return of the guys that might actually go.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think with Chikrin, Chikrin is, if he's traded at the deadline, he's going to be either a Leaf, a King, an Oiler, or a Bruin. One of those four teams will be the team that trades for him if he's moved at the deadline. If we wait and move him at the draft, it opens up more options you get potentially Ottawa and other teams back in the hunt but it also takes teams like the Bruins back out of it Uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing if that's what we decide to do but what do you boys what what are your guys thoughts on his chances of moving I'm personally at about a 50% chance he's moved at the deadline versus the draft
2: I've been up and down all season. Um, I was sure when this season started that it, I would have put it at a seventy or eighty percent chance he was going to be moved by Christmas, and then he got hurt. Um, you know, or you know, he he was. We found out. You know, he had the wrist issues. He had a couple of little setbacks, and he was out considerably longer than what we expected um i I know there were a lot of people that were expecting he was just going to miss a couple of games to start the year and i was one of those people um so from being that high on being sure he was going to be gone mid-season and you know no later than the end of january um to you know sometime around december thinking there was no way he was going to get traded until the draft and you know now with the way he's played over the last month and a half, man. If if you're Boston or Toronto, uh, you know I I know you brought up the Kings. Um, and the Kings have been mentioned quite a bit, and Edmonton as well. Ken Holland, not a splashy guy when it comes to trades. Uh, never was in Detroit either. Um, the Kings. I if if you're the kings and you take a look in the mirror and you look at the fact that you're a negative goal differential um you know you're in one of the weaker divisions and you're you know four points out of falling out of the wild card spot i don't know that you're as apt to go and pay the price right now for him um you know to me it's boston and toronto Both those teams have to be all in. Uh, Toronto's got Matthews and Nylander lingering, you know, UFA after one more year. So, you know, that window's starting to close. Not that either of them may go anywhere, but they're going to get raises. um, If they both stay there, and, you know, that, that might close the window up a little bit for Toronto. Boston, you're probably not going to have both Krejci and Bergeron back. Next year, you might have one, but it's a pretty low percentage. So this has to be the year for those two teams to go all in. And if you're Boston, you don't need anything up front right now. Um, In fact, why would you mess with the chemistry that you have up front? Add a piece to your top four and go for it. Um, You know, Armstrong talked about the... I, I don't. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, PHNX podcast with him. He talked about giving up Tage Thompson to get Ryan O'Reilly, and talked about how he would do it over and over and over because they won a cup. Um, how do you? How do you not? You know what? What is too late? First round picks compared to a Stanley Cup. If you're Boston, um, if you're Toronto. We all know you're just giving them away because you're going to lose in the first round. But you have to believe, right? You know, if you're Toronto, pay the price, get your guy, and, you know, somebody go all in now. On
1: the Toronto front, their GM is up after this year. He is not re signed, he is not under contract for next year. So if you're the GM of that team, you know your time is dwindling. You have to win a playoff round at least to be re-signed next year. Push the chips all in. If it fails, it's not your problem.
0: Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might as well. I mean, what do you got to lose? You're not going to have a job anyway. So,
2: I mean, if you're talking about GMs making moves like that, Lou Lamorello has to be that guy, right? At 80 years old, how long are you going to be around to see it- you know, first-round picks develop? Isn't that what he just did with the Horvath deal? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, you know what? Double down. Keep
1: going. Take a take a 24 and a 25 first-round pick from them since they don't have any more uh, prospects and watch that 25 pick be a top-five pick.
2: You know what? Honestly, I'd, I'd prefer a 24 and Oliver Wallstrom. I, I know oh, there's it? not a lot of people that are real high on him right now, but I, I've always liked Oliver Wallstrom. I, sure loved a,
1: I loved Wallstrom pre-draft. I soured on him a bit, but I've soured on a lot of stuff. I just I don't like the Islanders. There's a lot about that team I don't like. I don't think they're fun to watch. I think they stifle offense. And so it just it leads me to sour on a lot of stuff with them. Um but
4: Uh, yeah.
2: Wallstrom would be a nice get, though. I will say that. Noah Dobson even more so, but I can't imagine they'd they'd be interested in making that move.
0: I never know. Anything is possible.
1: If they offer up Noah Dobson, you run
2: to say yes. Yep. You almost have to go one for one there.
1: Yeah, it would be tough to do, but he's so good. He is so good and he struggled this year but that's also because the islanders before they got horvat just don't have talent and the talent they have is aging and aging fast ah, i don't think yeah. the, i don't think the issues with the team offense and power play or him himself are on him it's just they don't have the pieces up front for, to capitalize on what he's providing
2: no, not really. I mean, he's got 28 points this year through 50 games. He had 51 in 80 games last year. Um, you know, and but a big issue there is their power play has struggled this year in a big way. And and I know we talk about, you know, it'd be great if they offered up Dobson. But, you know, if they're adding Chikrin and they're looking to make a run, you know, they're not giving up a a piece that's going to be part of that.
1: Yeah, no, that's the that is the big thing. You're not trading Dobson if you're going for a run. Hey, you has got anything to add? You know, the the Chickering situation is
3: real. Uh, it, I I want to say it's so clear, and, and you know, and all that, and it's going to happen. But at the same time, we we really don't know if it's going to be at the deadline. It's not. I mean, honestly, Chickering doesn't want to be here. I mean, fans, a lot of fans have moved and realized that, and there's a lot of fans that still haven't realized that, and. It, you got to understand that he doesn't want to be here he's made that clear that that is not his intention that he he's done he's moved on he's made his point clear that he doesn't want to be a coyote anymore he's removed him all from social media he's uh he stayed it last season he, you know he reiterated this year that he doesn't want to be a part of this team and um you know while it sucks i would have loved to see how he would have panned out i think he would have been you know one of the next best franchise greats on defense it's uh that's it, it, not how it's going to pan out and you know it, it, who we're going to get is going to take a year off the three build and that's that's huge for the coyotes but um yeah i mean he he he's gone it, it's something that it's we got to understand that he's gone the sooner you can move him the better just for the drama of the organization and all that it's just that's the biggest news around this team right now besides the tempe arena deal is just is getting him moved and and i know by saying why aren't they pulling the trigger why aren't they pulling the trigger and people have to understand is uh while the Kais would probably love to get rid of would love to move him and get what they can return which would be a haul they also have to understand that he you know chick holds a lot of the the cards here in this piece and only at the same time as armstrong wants a specific return he's not going to take anything less than what he can get for him and you know what he wants for him is a, a high draft pick and all that and uh some prospects and i understand that so people just have to be a little patient i think he uh he he is going to get moved i i do think it will be before the deadline i just think with more impending amping up and ran, uh, rumors i'm hearing rumblings are going around that i'm hearing from inside sources and stuff i just think it's 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 going to be before the deadline it's just a matter of um who finally pulls the trigger forward i think really it comes down to who's eventually going to you know uh, quote unquote get the balls here and, and you know pull the trigger cuz it really is the kaiser just waiting for someone to uh offer exactly what they want and i think eventually one team is going to get to the point where they know that that's the piece they need and they're gonna they're gonna come call with the pieces so i think it just really really comes down to when does someone finally say you know what we're gonna go all in chicks the guy that could you know potentially take us to the playoffs we're gonna we're gonna pay the price for him and we're and we're gonna see how it pays off for us i think um until Someone does that, uh, you know. We will just sit and wait, and we'll keep watching. Chick will keep doing what he's doing. He's been playing good recently. If keeps it up, that's even better for us in terms of what we can get for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, the inevitables here. Fans have had, have got to understand that that he's gone. Uh, I do think he is gone before the trade deadline. I think that um, it's it's a no brainer that he's gone before the trade deadline. I think he would rather be out with the trade deadline competing for a playoff while hopefully this year than having to go into the off season. Um And all that. So, yeah, I mean, we, we wait and see, honestly, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, it, it's a no brainer that, uh, honestly, he doesn't want to be here. And I think it's uh, without question, I think he's gone at the trade deadline. But like I said, you, you know, we will not really know until someone, you know, finally picks up the phone and calls Armstrong and says, hey, I'm willing to give you exactly what you want. Let's make it still happen.
0: Yep, I just hope it's sooner rather than later. But again, I'll take the patience. If we get the better pick. So, but other um, piece of news to hit uh, early this week, late last week. Not quite sure. Had a bit of a weekend. Uh, looks like Dylan Gunthers has moved to the WHL, the Seattle Thunderbirds, I believe, off the top of my head.
2: Yes. Um, yes. So,
0: what are we we thinking? Is that a, is that a big deal, or is that just part of the process?
2: It's a huge deal. Um, I. I love the fact that he's going to get a chance to play for a Memorial cup. Um, Seattle is one of the best teams out West. Uh, and the WHL, uh, they've got Kevin Korchinski, uh, Prokof, Reed Schaefer, Brad Lambert, you know, they're, they're a pretty loaded team. Um, Winnipeg, the team out East, you know, that's, that's Connor Geeky's team. um, it's gonna be fun to to watch them match up in the playoffs um even before the memorial cup uh but i i do think it's a big deal for his development um not that he was having a bad season by any means um just just did real steady um, with the team they keep a year of rfa control and he's gonna to get to play a ton of minutes uh going forward
1: yeah personally i i i love it for him i love it for him to get the chance to compete for the memorial cup which was t- stolen for him ironically by the seattle thunderbird last year with a injury with a pretty nasty hit um but i just i think it's so great for his development i think long term it's the right move it's the best payoff for him and let's also not ignore the money side of it it keeps him it adds one more year before he becomes an unrestricted free agent and that's that's a pretty big deal later on when we're going to be locking up our core when we're going to be looking at the contract extensions for dylan gunther and matthias michelli and logan cooley and whoever we pick this year That extra year could come in huge when we're talking about this. Um, And another thing I want to cycle on with that is this isn't a move I don't think a non-GMBA Coyotes team would have made. I think the Chica team, as we saw with the Barrett-Hayton situation, would have just let him up and just kept him in the press box or did something like that. So sending them down it's just absolutely the right move in my opinion. I know it makes the team less watchable, and I know it makes the I know he's probably not happy with it, but it's just it's the best move for his future.
2: Yeah, I get that. I think it's easier to be happy being sent back down after you've played you know, half the season, gotten to play at World Juniors, things like that, than it is to be, you know, that guy that's, you know, like like the Shane Wright situation where played, what, seven games or something for Seattle, um, and then missed some time and then came back for a game or two, missed more time, you know, was sent to World Juniors, played a couple more games, and then was sent down, um, you know, not getting a a ton of NHL time while simultaneously being on the roster and not getting to play anywhere, I think would have been a bigger deal. And that goes back to what you said about Barrett Hayton. Um, You know, do you, do you really want to see a guy spend, you know, most of the season on your roster and play 25 games? no i i think what they did is is perfect i think the experience that gunther got getting to play you know 39 games that's big and i think he's probably going to be pretty happy about that and be pretty proud of that fact and just to clarify shane wright played eight nhl games this year and wasn't sent back until what three months into the season it was just a,
1: yeah. It was only a month and a half ago or so. I remember because it was right at the trade deadline for the juniors league and. Yep. That yeah. How how can you? That's that's something I want to talk about in a later episode. We don't have time in on this one, but sure. just the ridiculousness of the, of this whole CHL thing because. The Seattle Kraken had to send him down. They knew it was best for his future, but they didn't even know what team they were sending him down to because that was completely out of their control. It is ridiculous Shane Wright is not playing in the AHL. And again, we need to touch on this in the Fusion podcast because we don't have time this episode, but it's ridiculous he's not playing in the AHL.
0: I'm just glad that he's getting developed better. This is my big fear is you know we get these we do this tank and we draft these picks, and they just don't develop right. That's honestly like a waking nightmare that I have every night, to be honest with you, you know that this was not for nothing, obviously, but I don't want to stifle a potential superstar or whatever the you know I'm sure you've seen the oh, story yeah. a thousand times, you know
1: Dylan strom,
0: yeah, exactly, uh, something Farrah like Hayden. that. Yeah, that's exactly my biggest fear is we do this, we sacrifice all this, you know, and do this tank and then have all these years only to end up mediocre where we were before. That's my biggest, but I, I trust the of course, but I don't know, that's my biggest fear, to be honest with you.
2: One of the biggest but. changes in that, uh, if you look at a couple of the guys we've drafted recently, J.J. Mosier, uh, Dylan Gunther, Matthias Michelli, the things that those guys have done, They've done it under Andre Terny. There hasn't been uh, another coach in recent memory where I could go, wow, that guy has taken young players coming in, found what they're good at, put them in situations to do it and develop the rest of their game around it. um, And actually turn a lot of recent draft picks into potential NHL players.
4: Yeah,
1: what what we've done the last two years, even in a tank seasons, even in trying to bottom out, is phenomenal player development you're seeing over and over and over again. Bukestead comes, and it's not just the young guys, it's the veterans that come here. Bukestead comes here and has a career year, or is on pace for a career year. Um, but Michelli, Moser, Moser, Moser and Valimaki. I saw a stat somebody tweeted out today. Did you know those two are number four in the NHL among pairings that have played, uh, more than 200 minutes in suppressing scoring chances in the defensive zone. They only allow 1.99 scoring chances per 60 minutes when they are on the ice together in the NHL, that's pretty remar- remarkable. It's, the, the development's been crazy. It's been awesome to
4: see. Yeah, it's a, it's
2: a huge deal. Um, I, I, and Valamaki being a, another guy that they just grabbed <laughs> off waivers. Um, former first-round pick, just a... I don't want to call it a nothing move, but, you know, Calgary, what are you doing? You've got massive issues on defense. You might be buying defense at the trade deadline. And Valamaki's in Arizona playing with Mosier, and they're one of the top shutdown pairs in the league. James, you got anything you want to add?
3: I mean, you guys kind of said anything about, you know, Gunther, I think you know people will say you know does does he view this as a you know a demotion i mean yeah honestly you know any any nhl player you get the dream to make the nhl you don't want to get sent back down but uh you know yeah, like you guys said he i mean he's done a lot this year a lot that he can be happy for winning the Memorial cup or not the world cup winning world juniors um you know you know honestly winning the Memorial cup would be a huge part to his career you know stanley cups another big thing and all that and you know um he lost that chance last year to be able to compete for one you know injury against seattle like you said grandy so i think uh you know he would love another shot to maybe go back and compete for it and you know seattle's given the best chance right now to go after a memorial cup and i think uh while it may sting a little bit for him the chance to go and compete and get that memorial cup that he lost out on um is huge for him it's huge for him ice time wise he's not getting ice time as adequately as he would like in Arizona. And that's understandable. I mean it's we're a rebuilding team. Um you're not gonna, you know, be rushing him in top line minutes. I mean, he's gotta work his way up to those. So uh you know, this is big for him to get those top line minutes that he uh you know he needs. This is great uh, development to his game. You know, it'll pay off dividends in the long run for him. So I'm happy for him. I think he's uh I think he's gonna go to Seattle and he's gonna you know, he's gonna kick some butt in Seattle. I think he's gonna um grow even more as a player. He's going to come back with, uh, hopefully, a Memorial Cup and a little bit more uh, skill, a little bit more knowledge to the game, a little bit more eagerness in the next season. So uh, it's definitely nothing that the Kyays should be kicking themselves on. This was uh, a move that the team should have been doing uh, that should have happened, and I'm, I'm glad to see that he is getting a shot to go and compete like Shane Wright is and all that in the situation where he's in. So, you know, good for him. Um, honestly, I want to see him win it all down there. And then come back next year and be ready to uh, you know get this team seriously rolling and get a little bit more competitive going next season, so uh yeah, I mean, great for him, I know it sucks, but you know he, he this will pay off well for him in the long run, and you know it, it it this is a special chance for him to go and do something like this
0: so speaking of you know special chances and all that, so we recently had last weekend the the all star game, which love it or hate it, right. But I just wanted to get to kind of touch on our own. I know we last year we kind of touched on it, but I like to just every year, not every year, hopefully, but touch on what we thought about it this year. How, uh, I don't know, honestly, it seemed pretty bad this year. I don't know. I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter and different social medias saying this is probably one of the worst ones, if not the worst. So I want to get some quick thoughts. You know, I don't want to drag too long on this, but quick thoughts about the All-Star game. And do we even care about this thing? Do we? Do we? Should we just can it all together? What do you... Uh, What are you guys thinking?
2: I think one of the big things lacking in the NHL's all-star format is a purpose in the game. Uh, Baseball does a great job. Winner of it gets home field um, in the World Series. Something like that, um, you know, where uh, if you divide it, go back to East and West. Um, Or even, you know, go to a draft. Do do something that makes the game itself a little more interesting than what you've got going on. Give it a little bit of purpose. Um You know, it, especially if, if you look at, if you look at it from a, a draft standpoint, which would be my preferred method um, that, that puts some onus on. A of players. Um If you're not in the
4: top three or four guys on that draft, you want to show the other team that they up not picking you. Um, you know, there's there's something to do Uh competitiveness. I don't like the fact that, you know, it, it kind of felt like
2: the effort that players put forth was almost cringeworthy. Um, you know, it almost looked like a lot of those guys want to be recognized as All-Stars, but don't actually want to be seen there trying.
1: The best part about All-Star Weekend this weekend was watching Dylan Larkin actually try and dominate it because he is actually trying. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. But he was the only person at anything, at any event, really, that was. But... I've never liked the all-star game itself. I don't usually watch it. I don't usually follow it, but I do enjoy the skill competitions. Usually this year, they were bad. And one thing I would love to see the NHL do with their skill competition is what the NBA does with theirs. Have it. Have it so that anyone can join, not just people in the all-star game. So that way you can get uh oh who was it? Martin Frick, who had broke the record for the hardest shot in the AHL and would have broken the NHL record, but he can't because he'll never play in it, because he'll never be an all-star. He's I don't even think he's in the NHL now. Um but just
2: do before stuff. You like continue that, on can... that. Sorry, before you continue on that, because you brought that up. Uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman actually talked about something very similar to that, uh, which I thought was an unbelievable idea uh, that involved team skills, competitions, um, you know, because most teams have them. Whoever turns out to be the fastest guy amongst all the teams that's not an all-star can participate in the all-star game. Whoever has the hardest shot. Um, amongst non-All-Stars in team competitions can participate in Hardest Shot. That would be great. Just to touch on what you were saying, it absolutely does need that. Yeah, just something
1: like that to liven it up. Um, I think in the NBA, the skills competition, the dunk contest might not be what it once was, but like the three-point contest is still so fun to watch because they have the best of the best of the best at that, in that competition, even though it's not, even if they're not all-stars, even if they'll never be all-stars, they're still in that competition because they are great at that one particular skill. And it makes the three-point competition fun to watch because it's a competition and they're trying. Give, if you brought guys like that into it, they would care. They would try. Um, I just, it's, it would be so fun to see something like that in the NHL. Uh, I the like other thing, the other thing too, though, is that at the end of the day, I think the all-star game is for corporate sponsorships. I mean, at the end of the day, it's what it's going to be. It's never going to go away as a result, no matter how much some people may say. And I've seen a lot of people talk about how much they wanted to go away. But it's never going to. It makes the NHL money and makes the corporate sponsors happy and it gives them it gives the corporate sponsors something to send their guys to, from what I was hearing Friedman and Merrick say, that they that was why the building was so empty is they were off partying in Miami instead of um watching the skills competition. Imagine that.
0: But Getting paid by your boss to go watch an NHL skills company go party in Miami. Well, company dime. So, I mean, I can respect it at least. Company dime. so hey. Do you guys like that Ovi Jr. thing, though? How they had, like, little Ovechkin do all that, or is that too much? What do you guys think about that? I thought it was cute. I, don't know, I had no problem with it, personally. I yeah,
2: it. I liked it. I, I didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> um, I... I feel like it was a bigger issue for the NHL in terms of backlash than anything, which was probably well undeserved, but yeah, I I think it was a great thing. I, I always love seeing, uh, you know, the, the human side of NHL players. Um, you know, they're most of them are are family men, you know, they got kids, Mm -hmm. wives, um, you know, Tarasenko was out skating with all three of his kids um, you know, just things like that—they're—they're they're great to see, and and you like to see that it—it it really brings an element of you know
4: these guys are people too.
1: Well, oh, addition, oh, anything that showcases players' personalities, I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Just about we, to say that, Yep. it's just about to say that that one that one year we had that draft that one year, and that was the most fun I've had watching or doing anything with the all-star game watching Phil Kessel's sheepish smile or sheepish smile because he knew the whole night he was going to be picked last it was a inside joke that was already picked amongst the players um or just everything about that it was just a blast watching Ovechkin sit there try to pick teams as he's just obviously drunk Oh, everything about that was fun. And they that, as you said with the draft, they need to bring that back. But just showcase their personalities. Grow the game. Do stuff. It, when you showcase the players, you grow the game because people get invested in more than just one certain team. So, anyways.
0: Well, speaking of, like, I don't know, like I, you said, that, you know, personality especially. You know, I think that's probably the biggest problem the NHL has right now is definitely their marketing. I know Matt and I kind of went on that last week, but that's just such a stifling problem, a head scratcher, truly. But I mean, another thing is with Crosby's comments, and that kind of went around for a while. I mean, bringing back the one through eight and the you know, top seed plays, the bottom seed, which I think they should bring back personally. I think you should be rewarded for uh, being the top in your conference. But
1: one th- real quick, I want to make sure we get Haynes' comments on the uh, All Star yeah. game.
4: Yeah, I mean the All Star Game one. I I I mean, I
3: watched All Star Game, and I watched it solely just not because I think it's fun to watch in the recent years, but I, I watch it because I think it's, um, you know, it's it's entertaining. It's hockey. I want to watch something that's you know, hockey related. So you know, it's not I watch, but you know, personally, I think the NHL All Star Game. Skills competition has gone down in recent years. I I do like the three on three format. I think it's a little fun. I think you get to see the overtime format. But uh, I I do miss um the days of you know the draft and the all star games and all that. And you know I I actually watched some of the HL all star skills competition and I actually enjoyed it a little bit more than the NHL. I think uh, the HL did a little bit more engaging, fun stuff that people you know paid attention to and really liked and. You know, there parts of the NHL Star Game I thought were funny that I got some laughs out of, but ultimately, I didn't really smile as much as maybe in recent years I watched it. the uh, The breakaway challenge was a little misleading. I do not understand why they were bouncing around through competitions and why one shooter would shoot, and then you wouldn't see another guy shoot for a while, and it didn't seem like there was many moves going on, you know. We saw, like, Mitch Marner come out do the My Vice thing and, you know, really didn't try a move, just try to go short side on the long go, and... And, you know, I understand you're playing into the fans there and all that, but I don't know. I just – I understand the guys there having fun. It's a vacation for them. Um, Miami's a fun city to go and visit and all that. But uh, it it just – it looks so worn out, the style and all that. just looks worn out, which is weird that that people say that because, you know, they always implement new things every year. And the reason is because of that right there. It's the All-Star Skills competition has worn itself out. They implement new things every year because they're trying to find new ways to get fans involved into it. Um, like the chip and shot this year they did with Clayton Keller where they essentially played hockey on a golf course. Um, I, I think that they, they are trying too hard to implement stuff into the All-Star Game of the Year that's um, related to the area they're at just to try to get fan engagement. But uh, I, I didn't really personally like it. I think that there was a lot of things that could have done to make it better. Um I think I would still like to see the competition going forward, skills competition, but maybe maybe have it re- done a little bit differently, maybe make it a little bit more competitive. Same with the All-Star game, maybe go back and, you know, redo it. I mean, poor teams like Seattle didn't even get a participant this year in the All-Star game. You know, Matty Berniers um, went down with an injury, and they, and they ended up replacing him out and all that with someone not even from um, wires call from Seattle. So, you know, it was a bummer for Seattle not to have a guy get to be represented for them at the All Star game. The Coyotes know that it was like with John Scott the year that he was traded. The Kites didn't have a representative at the All Star game. So, um, I think there's some, you know, there's some things they could do to, you know, fix the overall format of the game if you want to try to get fan attention back into it and all that. But it, it's gone downhill a lot in the last few years. And I think unless, uh, the NHL really wants to, uh, really invest some looking into it. I think they're going to continue to lose views around the, uh, all-star break. Cause I don't think people are really going to tune in to watch it. And as you saw from the skills Competition, fans, aren't really going to come out to watch it.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I do think <laughs> there's a little bit that could probably be done if they brought back a little bit of the old timey, um, type skills stuff. Um, the The targets that just absolutely shatter, if the puck gets anywhere near it in some of the accuracy contests that we saw, you know, 20 years ago, that'd be a big step. Um, I If they want to do something kind of cool, kind of retro, maybe harder shot with a wooden stick. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that happen again?
1: The second you said that, my eyes lit up.
2: Yes. Yes, please. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'll take that or or even one of the uh what were they like the old Sherwood aluminum sticks that they used for I don't know 3 or 4 years just just see somebody out there uh you know trying to to skate fastest skater in skates from 1985 There we go. You know, ma- make make it kind of fun.
4: Yeah. That would be cool. I'm in yeah. that.
1: Just anything other than the format from this year. What's funny is I loved the format last year with the skills competition in Vegas. I thought that one was fun. This one was just... ah, It was rough. But anyways, back to the uh, Crosby Crosby comments. This is one that's exciting me.
2: So Crosby suggested he'd like to see the NHL go back to a... (laughs) Uh, one through eight format for the playoffs. Um, I don't blame him. And his reasoning is that the regular season, uh, for as difficult as it is, should yield some sort of reward for the team that does the best. Um, you know, we've seen it out east the last couple of years, you know, the Toronto Tampa matchup in round one, or Toronto and Boston in round one. Um, you know uh we're starting to see um you know some some teams who potentially you'd like to see in the finals conference finals playing each other in the first round uh because of the current format. I'm with crosby on this i I do think going to a one through eight is a great idea, even a a one through sixteen um you know if the league could do something with travel. Uh, you know, maybe change to like a baseball style series where you have a 2 3 2 instead of a 2 2 1 1 1 uh to alleviate some of that travel if you wanted to go to a 1 through 16. But I do think a, a big part of um, you know, what makes the playoffs fun are seeing the best teams play each other later in the playoffs, um, you know. Nobody wants to see, you know, two of the top five teams out of the playoffs because they matched up, you know, with two of the other three teams that were top five teams in the playoffs in round one. You know, it it doesn't make for a great product as the playoffs move along.
1: No, last year, last year was the perfect example. The first round was fantastic. You had a lot of hard-fought battles, a lot of teams taking each other to the limit. And then the second round was just meh. It was just, it was okay. It was not anything spectacular, not anything to write home about because a lot of the teams, a lot of those first-round matchups should have been second-round matchups um but the 1 through 16 idea you brought up I love that idea especially on a year like this year because all four of the top 4 teams are in the east right now in the entire league all four of them so have the west teams with a lower seeding if they can't um if they can't if they can't get up there reward these teams out east that are having remarkable regular seasons with those higher s- slots. Uh, even if that does unfortunately reward Toronto too. Um, But I find it funny that we're sitting here and having this talk about one through eight when every fan I know wants it one through eight, every fan, every comment I see online wants it one through eight. Every player I've heard talk wants it one through eight. So the only people who don't want it one point one through eight are the owners and the commissioner. So why are we at some point you have to give what the the people, what they want here when it's this unanimous, I don't think I've seen anybody in favor of the current playoff structure over the one through eight. It's just, it's crazy to me that we're having this conversation as a result. It's crazy to me that Bettman sat up there and tried to give weak, rather weak excuses as to why he can't go that It It's not Bettman's fault that we have this. And that's one thing I think people get carried away with is blaming Bettman because he's the punching goat or punching bag. But I think somebody I saw brought it up the best this week with there's. Uh, there's five to six owners in the NHL with an immense amount of power that really pull the strings behind everything in the NHL and it's just as a result doesn't change unless it benefits one of those teams
4: Um. yeah
1: anyways we need to go to the one through eight that's, that's, that's the end of my rant there
2: yeah, the the whole idea behind the current format was actually a great idea because it was supposed to promote divisional rivalries, uh, which are generally formed in the playoffs. But it was great on paper, and it really hasn't materialized uh, quite the way I think the league would have liked. Um, those rivalries are built when two teams are playing each other who have already played, you know, seven games or 14 games or 10 games in the playoffs. And then they meet and they're beaten up and they're tired and they're both still fighting as hard as they can. Um, You know, how often do, do you remember if unless you're the Toronto Maple Leafs who beat you in the first round? You know, it's it's not where the rivalries are made. Um, There was always talk about an 84 game regular season um, with a little different format in terms of uh, how many matchups in your own division, uh, taking a couple of games away from uh, the other division in your conference uh, to try and promote some rivalries. I'd be all for that with a one through eight. Playoff. Uh, playoffs are better when it's 1-8, through eight, when the best teams are playing each other at the end. Speaking on your point of
1: rivalries are built in the later rounds of the playoffs, who have Coyote fans hated the most of any team in the league except for Vegas? They, they're, they're extenuating circumstances. It's the Kings who we faced in the Western Conference Finals. It's not the Blackhawks who we faced in round one. It's not the Red Wings who we faced in round one twice. It's the Kings because we played them when the stakes were at the highest. Nope.
3: Sorry about that. No. no, sorry. Where's <laughs> Mike, i for a second. Um, yeah, I mean, the playoff format, I, I agree, should go back to the one-to-eight style and I think because you set yourself up for better matchups later throughout the rounds of the playoffs than in the first round, which don't get me wrong, I like the good first-round matchup, but um, like you said, Granny, last year's playoffs were real kind of meh the, after the first round, and that's because you had a lot of first-good-round matchups and, and teams got eliminated and all that, so I think a one-to-eight makes most sense. Um, I understand the wild card in football. I understand the wild card in baseball. I don't really understand the wild card in hockey. Um, It's a little weird to me, in my opinion. But, you know, I I think it's it, it's something that everybody has enjoyed. It's what the NHL has done for the longest time, and it makes more sense to kind of go back. I think you would help with some viewership if you went back to that format. And, you know, and no offense to Toronto, but I think going back to a 1-8 style might actually give Toronto a good shot of getting a first-round playoff win. So I think uh, th- there's a lot of positives here that you can come out of it and all that so uh yeah I mean you guys have kind of really said everything here I don't really want to take up too much time talking about but I, I think a one to eight is kind of what everybody's you know preferred for the longest time and you know when they changed it I was kind of unsure about it and they were still unsure about it so I think it's time for the NHL to kind of own up to that and you know switch back and you know kind of kind of get back to that normalness in the playoffs but also you know help bring
4: the viewership and get viewership
1: back up. I do want to point out real quick, simply because it's great. Actually, the Toronto Maple Leafs would still play the th- Tampa Bay lightning. Cause that looks, it's like a 70% chance that those are the two teams that are going to meet now. And even if you did the one through eight, it's still like a 45% chance that those are the two teams that are going to meet first round of the playoffs. Well, never sorry, mind. Toronto. I'm, you're Toronto, I'm just, sorry. You're just you're just screwed.
2: Yeah. Sorry about that, Toronto. Ugh. Not cool to lie to people. I'm
1: I'm sorry to the writers on our site that I
3: have to write about another <laughs> first round playoff exit. <laughs> I'm
1: not. As as they as they're spinning up trades of how they can get Krause and uh, Chickren for Fraser Mitten. Yeah. No. I've seen
3: all those. I get uh Never, never does a day foot. go
1: by in our group chat for the hockey writers.
3: I don't get a notification about where do you think Chick's going, or an article about hey, Chick should go here, and we should give up this no-name prospect in like a third-round pick for him. The Kai's will take it because they're rebuilding.
2: Yeah, but don't That's forget, they need writers. to get to the they need to get to the cap floor. So we have to throw in a couple of bad contracts for him.
3: Yeah. Oh, that, that's not and, our riders, by the way. That's not a that's not a bad fan of our riders. They don't they write good stuff about Jug, but the, the the other fans I've seen that are like fans of the team other teams their trade, mock trade I've seen are, are pretty terrible.
1: And don't forget, we have to get to the salary cap floor. So we're also going to retain fifty percent on both Krauss and Chikrin.
3: Yes. And that trade is a uh, two for two going back. The other way would be Matthew Nyes and Lista uh, Matthews.
2: Uh I don't say no.
4: I don't think anybody says no here.
1: So, anyways, we have one more subject I think we had to get to.
0: Yeah, we'll wrap it after this. Yeah, we'll forego the question of the week till next week or whenever we record again. Um just simply, uh Granny sent me a pretty good video about uh ten teams if you're a trade clause or whatever. So I made it just five just for the sake of our show. Uh, just give me five cities slash teams you wouldn't want to play for. That could be for any reason, literally any reason at all. Uh, just give me five. Teams you would not want to play for in today's current NHL. I'm going to go last.
1: Okay. Okay. Haynes, you want to go first since I already tweeted yeah, yeah. out my list and I'm pretty known? Sure. And I can give a quick reason
3: behind all of them. So uh, <laughs> it's not in specific order, but... um. I'd say the first one would either would be Toronto, and, and and this is no bash on because I don't like the Maple Leafs. I think it's it's solely because of the media up there and how badly people get scrutinized for bad games. So I I would not want to go there and have a bad game and then have to be facing media afterwards. So I wouldn't want to go to Toronto. Um, I wouldn't want to go and play in New York, whether it's with the Islanders or the Rangers. I wouldn't want to go to New York. I think they have the same kind of media issues um trying to escape that light and all that um i would not want to go and play in anaheim um it, that's just a california thing for me I'm, i i like california but i i really don't want to go play in anaheim um that's also cuz i don't like anaheim um uh fourth in there i wouldn't want to go play in boston um and it, it kind of goes back to media kind of just goes back to the city i i there's a lot of Bad stereotypes that come out of Boston, with not only just people but just like things you hear. So I I wouldn't want to go play in Boston. Um And
4: lastly, I would not want to go and play in. Oh, uh, I was gonna say
3: Vegas because I feel like I'm just gonna throw every guy's rival in here, but I'll say Chicago. Uh,
0: Pretty decent list. list. Tyler, go next. Yours. Okay, perfect. Um. Uh... I wouldn't want to play in Vancouver as much as if I had to pick a Indian team. It'd be Vancouver, just not this year. Uh, dumpster fire. I've dealt with that enough, as it is my Arizona teams. Um, I agree with you. I'd not want to play in Toronto because I don't like Toronto for anything. Uh, I also wouldn't want to deal with the media. That's definitely my top... I thought the exact same thing. Um, Chicago. I just hate Chicago. Uh, being a part-time Red Wings fan and just, I don't know, never liked them. And then i got to echo the sentiment of uh, Anaheim. Uh, I mean, it'd be cool to be close to Disney and all the things around it, but to play for the organization, nah, I'm good. I don't feel like being owned by Disney that much. Uh, what was that, four? So my last one, uh, probably Montreal. be weird to go to a fictional part of the country. So, All right, <laughs> Granny, what you got?
1: <laughs> it still baffles me. My family's French-Canadian, man. Like, come on. <laughs> I just heard Canadian. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, so I have, mine's pretty quick and easy. I had a 10-lit team list I tweeted out, but I'm going to shave it down to five here because my five teams, easy, and I had difficulty coming up with the rest, actually. First off the bat, for all the same reasons, you have Calgary, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. I don't want to go play somewhere where it's negative 20 with what amounts to pretty small towns with not a lot to do. And one of which I've heard doesn't has a lingering smell of what is it? A cow manure. Uh, I'm not going to mention which city that is, but I've heard from people who have lived there in the public. So those three, Just right off the bat. Fourth one is going to be Toronto. Again, same reasons all you guys mentioned. Uh, Toronto itself, I'm sure, is a lovely city. And I have no issue with Toronto. But the media there is just so maniacally crazy. I would never hold up playing there. It would be a miserable experience. So no thank you. I'm out.
4: And then fifth... Screw you, Lou! I ain't shaving. I'm not going to the island. New York Islanders. So
0: that's such a cringe rule to not have a shave. I'm like, come on, bro. What are you the Yankees? Uh, Relax.
3: Yeah, it's only only New York. I don't I don't know what it is, but it it's only seems to be New York teams that just hate men having facial hair.
2: Unless you're Henrik Lundqvist.
3: Or your yeah. Matt Chapman who got to play for the uh who played for the Yankees last year and they let him keep his mustache. And I think that's solely because it would be scary to see one of those out once. So I think that was a uh, a very smart decision. But yeah, they're they're <laughs> for some reason New York just hates men with facial just hate men with facial hair. I don't know if they see him as like like too authoritative or dominant or something, but it, it, if you mention the word facial
4: hair in New York, you might get stabbed. Sorry. All right. Ever so, since I
1: saw that tweet, I've been excited to hear
2: yours, Matt. So, let's go. So, I am ultra competitive. I want to win. Um, I will go play in a place that I would absolutely hate if it meant I had the feeling or the opportunity to win um, or felt like they were going in the right direction. So, uh, number one team that's a no for me is Vancouver. My God, is it a shit show there? Um, uh, at what point are they going to have the cap to actually add players? Um, you know, that's going to make them competitive. Don't want to be there. Um, two is probably Ottawa because nobody has any idea what's going on, uh, with an ownership group right now. Um, They had, like, 15 different uh, small groups submit intent to place a bid on the team. Um, You know, could end up with somebody worse than Melnick there. And Pierre Dorian is definitely not a favorite for me in terms of GMs. So don't think they'd be going anywhere anytime soon. Don't want to be there. Vegas. And I know that sounds counterproductive to, you know, I want to go somewhere and win. But uh, I think Vegas is probably hitting the end of their window um, after this year. I, I think they're about to head towards a rebuild here relatively soon. They've traded away a ton of picks, uh, a ton of prospects over the last couple of years. I... I don't want to be Phil Kessel, um, you know, going to a team where I'm part of the last ride. Um, I guess my, my fourth team, uh, probably going to be, I want to say Montreal because I don't want to learn French. I know that's a stupid reason to not go to a team, but I really don't want to learn French. I, I feel like it it's one of it's like a deal breaker if for anybody that lives there, plays there. Um people there seem to hate players that don't learn to speak French. I is don't it, know why. Is it any more is it any more stupid than not wanting to show at all, honestly? Well, you know what? I would go to New I'd York. Same. I, I would go to New York if I thought I was going to win there and I would shave and I've had a beard for 15 years. So I, yeah, I'll, I'll shave a beard for a Stanley cup. I let the coyotes know, know, let the coyotes know I'll shave tomorrow. If they Mm. turn shit around. Um, Me too. That said, I, I'm not going to Montreal. Uh, Even if they were on the verge of coming out of their rebuild. And I think they're, slightly farther behind it than we are um, still wouldn't want to go there because I wouldn't be able to celebrate with anybody after winning because nobody would understand them. I, Yeah. I couldn't understand them. So Montreal would probably be my fourth team. Um, And lastly, I'm going to go with probably the Florida Panthers. Um, I think they made the mistake that Arizona made with, um, trying to bounce out of their rebuild a couple years too soon. Um, they were close and then they made some terrible decisions as far as cap management. Um, Bobrovsky being signed for what another three and a half years at 10 million, Spencer Knight being four and a half million, I believe, for three more years. Um, you know, they they're not in a position to make another run anytime soon. They don't have assets to trade. Um, they don't have prospects sitting in the pool waiting to come up. So if I'm looking at where I don't want to go, it's anywhere where I'm not going to win and Montreal. And those would be my five.
4: I like it. Makes, Makes sense.
2: Yeah. I don't want to go to Montreal either. Different reason, but I
1: I, I gotta know because me and you are pretty similar on their timeline. Are you would you have New York Islanders on your next five? Because of the winning, not because of the facial Yeah, dressing.
2: Yeah, I, I would. Um I think they're they're <laughs> getting older, considerably older, and they've got multiple guys who are gonna be in their thirties with multiple years left next season. I still don't understand the Bo Horvat trade. Um, they're, they're just in a bad situation. They would be in my six through 10 for sure. I mean, I might I'll take a Fisherman only... Jersey. <laughs> I'll sign might... for a day
0: to get one of
4: those.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I might be the only guy here willing to go to Toronto and I would cry about it every day. Well, actually no. They'd they'd have to be on my no trade list too, because they can't win either.
0: No, I would be like, no, I'm good. No, thanks.
2: You know what, though? That's a serious question. If it meant your name was going on the Stanley Cup, would you go to Toronto? It'll never
0: happen. Toronto won't win it, so... No, no, (laughs) this
2: is purely hypothetical. It's a yes or no hypothetical. I think
0: think I'd honestly believe in, like... God, I don't even know. The boogeyman under my bed before I believe Toronto would ever win. But, I mean, if they were going to stretch that far... If I can really get my imagination, I mean, nah.
2: <laughs> you you would you would rather never win a Stanley Cup than go play for Toronto.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, I, matter of fact, I would I would crash the party and push the guy holding it over just because I don't care.
3: I don't. I don't think we could. Ever my hatred of the league as a group go runs to Toronto. deep, though. I think
0: we. What a of the runs deeper the than shot. the glory I would get from getting the cup,
3: Tyler. <laughs> I think I think if we, as a pod, met up for a game in Toronto, we would all get jumped solely because of you.
0: Canucks can't fight anyway. What are they gonna do? Oh, how's it going, eh? All right, leave me alone. Okay, um, I'm pounding I'm out yeah, of this
3: conversation because I don't crazy. want my name associated with no, it. I know, I'm out I know.
0: Canadians can actually fight pretty good I'm just talking shit. Yeah, I'm powing out fun. of
3: this. I don't, I don't want to get in. I don't want to be associated <laughs> with the Canadian
1: tra- trash talking. So, we have now been banned from Quebec and Ontario. There's only one province you mentioned.
0: Just Ontario.
2: <laughs> well, the only one that's got anything to worry about is Grandy because he's in Canada South. The rest of us are far. That's true. <laughs> yeah. They're not gonna come
0: yeah, we, out here. Well, you... actually, actually I'm in danger because we have the Phoenix open this weekend, so really they're probably out there looking for me now. They're all snowbirds. They're all like you're
1: gonna stay in your house five years old. But now, come get the we, smoke. Up here we just we don't even have a border. Don't have a border, it's free crossed, free range. Canadians that's out there.
2: <laughs> if you can survive the cold and ice, you can come over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rearrange oh. Canadians.
3: Tyler, you're gonna stay in your house this week. You can't go out if they're, if they're all. Uh, actually they're I'm all going the the football to
0: the Super Bowl experience. Actually, matter <laughs> of fact, Saturday with my girlfriend, so she'll protect me, I guess. She's like five. Oh, well, that's
1: gonna be well, fine.
2: They don't watch football in Canada. Okay.
1: We just need to get a in podcast the CFL. before you go. We just nope. need to get a podcast out where you trash Philly.
0: Oh, I would love to. God, oh, Philadelphia. I, I was like, the stick, There's nothing yeah. good about Philadelphia. Thanks for the thanks for <laughs>
1: okay, liberty. Okay, okay. All right, all right. We need to stop. All right, let's. let's so, my, so let's hang listen.
2: on. One, one last, one last note on the Philly thing. My parents actually have a house at 107th and like Northern, just a few miles from the stadium, and they had considered Airbnb for the Super Bowl um, mm-hmm. and just coming down to Tucson when Philadelphia beat the 49ers. It was a no. Because yeah, anybody that rents that house, uh, you don't know who they're a fan of. But if they're an Eagles fan, they're going to burn that house to the ground, win or lose. Yeah, that's a safe bet, honestly.
1: Yeah, that's, best. that's <laughs> the best way to
2: handle that. Like of all Super oh. Bowls, they could have gone to. They got to be in Arizona.
0: I know. the two worst fan basis. Is
2: Kansas City that bad? I, I don't think Kansas City's terrible, Kansas but City. they're getting worse. They're getting worse.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like they're getting there.
1: Like
2: they've gotten cocky because of their success. Mm-hmm.
1: It's kind like, of them. It's why Knight fans are the worst because yeah. they got cocky of with their very fast success.
4: The one year that's why we All here
3: on the podcast stick with teams that aren't very good, like the, the <laughs> Cardinals and the Panthers. We we, we don't run our mouth, we just, we're just we just happy to be a part of the NFL. Ugh.
1: Yeah, they are so sad. Yeah, but the, the Panthers were good at one alive. point. Actually, I mean, if, if we can relegate that, the we Cardinals,
0: were, I'd be okay with that. We were <laughs> I mean, good when we just, just relegated lower league,
2: worked before TJ Watt destroyed it. I wasn't even gonna go Cam Newton. I was thinking like Jake Delhomme. Oh no, I would say we were better with Cam Newton than we were Jake Delhomme. Yeah, but I don't know. Cam Newton just irritates me. Something about running quarterbacks. It's like Kyler Murray, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson. They all get Lamar under my Jackson. skin. Yeah, Lamar. Okay, well, Lamar. Done. I'm not Lamar. talking about Lamar. Can't stand Lamar. Lamar. I'm done.
3: Lamar's the worst <laughs> for one reason because. Oh, real fast, and this, we should, honestly, I don't know why we're talking about football in here, but the one reason I don't like Lamar compared to the rest was Vic, Cam, and Patrick Mahomes and guys like that, they're not run-first quarterbacks. They run when it's a necessity. Lamar Jackson's a run-first QB. He will specifically design plays solely to base off the run. Cam Newton and guys like that would wait until the last minute to get out of the pocket to run if they had to. They were pass-first guys, and if they had to get out and move, they would move. Lamar is strictly a half run, half throwing quarterback, and ninety percent of the time, if he
2: the moment he hacks the ball, he will take off and go if he can. Yeah, and the biggest problem <sighs> with all of them is in fantasy football, they are touchdown vultures, and I do nothing but lose money on running backs behind them.
1: Yep. Oh, and you have to have a quarterback that can run in fantasy football now, or it's not even worth having a quarterback.
2: And it's yep, it, it's, it's the worst. Yeah, it's amazing how this show just, like, spiraled here at the end. Oh, we we had, had a whole ten episode, ten like...
0: Ten. We had a whole episode of, like, Dragon Quest, Chelsea Football Club. It's gone all over the place, really.
2: <laughs> Man, and we've had some wild endings. endings. Welcome, welcome this, to the podcast. This pod. was like, a started, solid, like, hit every point on the list. And then, mm-hmm. get to the end. Yeah, we're about to wrap it up. By the way, what do you guys think <laughs> about... <laughs> Welcome
4: <laughs> that, to the
3: pod. We, we talk about a lot of weird things sometimes at the end that completely go off topic.
1: Granny we just do what we want here.
3: To, well, uh, Granny usually has to rope us back in to end the pod. Just yeah. wait until – A lot of, a lot lot of this doesn't about, make the okay. final cut. A, lo- a lot of this doesn't make the final cut. We'll one day have a podcast where it'll just be the outtakes of us just ripping t- cities and teams at the end. And This is going in because I said a really funny podcast.
0: joke. So yeah,
1: this, this is going this, in.
2: This is the like the worst.
1: Parades is all this actually does go in.
2: I like, do you know when the band like finally makes it big, and they're like, "Here, here's our B side album because we don't want to write anymore." <laughs> we are the B side album. We are the B side album. Like, album. That would be A- like this. This segment, this last five minutes, plus like the last five minutes of every other podcast, all made into one big podcast.
4: <laughs> oh, <laughs> sweet. <laughs>
3: That's like where's called that's like when musicians release an album and like lean up to it, they're like, Oh, I'm gonna drop like seven singles and then the album comes out and they go, Well yeah, all those seven singles I'm putting on the album, but then I ran out of four songs to put, so I'm just gonna release a song from twenty sixteen for you.
0: No, this what? is like
2: it's the acoustic version.
0: It's like it's like getting like the crumblies at the bottom of a, of a chip bag. You know, like yeah, you already eat all your <laughs> chips, but this is like the delicious crumblies you get at the end where you're like, holy crap. This is kind of good, but also kind of bad. If you made it this far, I appreciate it. Thank you very much.
2: You really are a rock star. But actually, if you made it this far, you're finally getting into the cream of what this podcast is about. <laughs> what it yeah, truly is. You really is. are. You really mm-hmm. are. This is really oh, what it good. is. We're just
0: shit posters, all of us, at different degrees. I'm the biggest shit poster. I think I, think I can wear that I badge. Do,
3: don't don't throw me in there. I'm, I'm i I do not do that. You're any, a shit poster. Uh, uh, no, no, no! I am not. Um, I do my trash talking on my personal Twitter. My my business Twitter is strictly business.
1: Oh, by the way, just wait—we like haven't prostitute. told. We haven't told Matt our pro- <laughs> our podcast promise. What's that? So, game one of uh, the new Tempe Stadium. We're oh, gonna yeah! Get together, get—we're uh, going to try to rent a suite. Get together. Oh, and beforehand, we're getting tattoos. Yeah,
0: coyotes-themed tattoos.
3: Yeah, man. I haven't I
4: haven't seen, I, haven't, I,
3: haven't, uh, I haven't been able to prove that by the girlfriend yet, so we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll pay her off. I'll give her like 20 bucks. It'll be right.
2: I don't actually have a single <laughs> tattoo or piercing, so that might be a hard one to sell me on. <laughs> Same here, my yeah, friend. Because nobody should ever be getting their first tattoo at like 40 years old. I'm getting my
0: first tattoo oh, this year, my 30th birthday. God, I'm turning 30. Jesus Christ, you really, guys, you are rock stars listening to this at the very end. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, li- I'm leaving it in just for that, just for those I true mean, guys t- that listen to the whole thing.
2: To be fair, I'm not actually going to be 40 in a couple of years, but I feel like it. Oh, uh,
0: my knee hurts enough. Like I should be 40.
2: My back hurts. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't, like. Hey, I won't, I won't chime in and remind you of
3: my age. I don't want y'all you get up mad at me for being geez, child, 22. Man key advice 23, for anybody 23 out oh, there
2: still listening key advice for anybody out there listening don't get fat because your back and your knees fucking hurt for the rest of your life yes yeah. not yes, only true.
0: do you, you is, get not, not only do you why get why premier am. hockey <laughs> coverage you also get health advice
1: <laughs> who and else offers that, that that reason is why i torture myself for an hour of freaking day at the gym and watch what I eat because it is miserable being getting old
2: and being fat. Hey, I watch what I eat too. I <laughs> not good, but I still watch it. Let's
0: let's let's take it easy on the listeners. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up, boys. Oh my god. Oh
1: uh,
0: <laughs> uh, all right, boys. Any any last uh, any last words?
1: No, just thank you all ended. for watching.
2: All, All right, right so hang, hang on. Can we often, can we end same. this on one one quick hockey note? Um oh, just because well. we didn't touch on this. Uh what do you guys think happens with Vimelka? <sighs> I, I think... don't think he gets traded. And the
3: only reason I do don't mean to interrupt you, Granny, the only reason I don't think he gets moved is because I don't think he has enough of a sample size in the NHL that a team would be willing to take him. And and I think if you take him he's going to want to be either be a split-time goalie or be a star, considering that's what he's been pretty much his whole career so far. And I just don't think he has big enough of a sample size that the team's going to give a big enough return up that Armstrong would pull the trigger.
1: I think whether he goes or not is 100% dependent on how the team views Trostitov because he's waiver-eligible next year, so we do need to
4: start planning for that eventuality. So, hmm.
2: okay. all right, so so now that that question's been asked if we get any questions over the course of the next week or week and a half about what happens to Vimelka you know who actually listens to the show for hockey and who listens right. for health advice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll do a little bit of both to be honest.
2: I uh,
1: love it. So I gotta listen again when uh, I go
0: home. I gotta listen to this all over again. So I get to hear the health advice again.
1: Uh, so As I was saying, thank you all for listening. And remember, please, if you are a Tempe resident, get out and vote on all three. 301, 302, 303. Register to vote if you're not already registered. May 16th is the day. Get out
4: there. Let's help Tempe win. Okay, and with all that, from all of us here, we'll see you guys hopefully next week or the week after. Have a good night.